0: If you're gonna race cars, mate, you're gonna crash cars. Are you telling me you've made a time machine out of a McLaren. Oh like my dad always says you shouldn't hit boys, mate. Oh
1: uh, well we're not friends. Well racing is life. Anything that
0: happens before or after. Just waiting. You're listening to The Grid Girls with Saski and Sarah.
1: Satsky, I'm really angry right now. Why? Uh, because, well, you can see me on this broadcast, but for people listening, I'm currently wearing about 8 million layers of clothing, and I'm real mad about it.
0: But you live in Boston. Shouldn't you be used to this by now? I mean, you have survived Snow
1: McGavin. I literally just walked in the door from California, though. I was, I was wearing shorts and a tank top this see, morning. See, so that's that's a rookie move.
0: Like, uh, never go somewhere considerably warmer than where you live during a cold period of time. You, all you'll ever think about when you come back is how
1: I'm not warm saying. it is. Yeah, well, I mean, I kind of had a pretty good reason for it. Um, I went to the Formula E race in Long Beach this weekend, and it was freaking awesome. If anyone... Yeah,
0: I, I followed your adventures on Twitter. Twitter and um, retweeted a lot of them to our The Grid Girls Twitter account. Um,
1: Oh, We have a Grid Girls Twitter account now. Everyone go follow it. It's The Grid Girls.
0: Exactly. Give us a follow. Say hi. Um, We're around there. We'd love to hear from you. But if anyone who saw the account or saw your Twitter account, you had a hell
1: of a weekend, girl. Man, I... Uh, first of all, it did not apply nearly enough sunblock while I was there. Second of all... Um, I'm a slight... I'm a pink, okay. pink. I don't know if you can see that, but yeah, it's, it's a struggle. Um, no, we had a really, really freaking good weekend. Um, I flew in Thursday, uh, went to a couple hockey games, um, and then Saturday it was just like nonstop Formula E, start to finish. We got to the track at like 7 and didn't end up leaving until about 6.30. See, for those who
0: aren't familiar with Formula E, and I reckon probably most of our listeners are, everything in Formula E essentially happens on the one day, doesn't it? Practice, um, quality, and the race all happen on the one day.
1: Yeah. So there were three practice sessions. The first one started at like 8.30. The second one was at like 9.30. The third one, I believe, was like 10.15. The qualifying was at noon, went until 1, and then the race was at 4.00. So, it was, like, mostly watching stuff happen, but then there were these chunks of time where, you know, we were just walking around the whole circuit, and, you know, a driver would walk by, or, like, half of a team would walk by, or Elaine Prost would walk by, and it was just absurd. The The accessibility of this series is... is Unbelievable to anyone who's been watching Formula One for any amount of time. Yeah, I,
0: it, look, look, I saw some of your photos. Um, my personal favorite is is you with your flag and Scott Speed. Oh my gosh, it. it, could, it could it could not get more America if it I
1: tried? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was great. We um. So what happened with that was, and I, I'm not going to talk about this for the whole podcast because people are going to get annoyed about it. But so. Uh, leading up to the race, I had been yelling about Scott Speed a lot, just because, you know, it's really cool. It's the sole American there. Yeah, come on, you know me. I am, like, die America in sports. So, I mean, I had been we had tweeted a picture of our flags. Um, my friend Liz had made a flag for Jean-Eric Vern as well. So we were basically like, go Team Andretti the whole weekend, because those are their two drivers. Um... So we hung our flags up and tweeted a picture of them at Andretti's Twitter account. And they said, oh, come by later, like, you know, look for our PR. (laughs) Swing by the (laughs) pits. Yeah, no, 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 it was more like swing by the autograph session and just, like, hold your flags up and we'll have you come over and say hi. But what ended up happening was we had paddock access. So we just walked into the paddock and, like, took a selfie by their garage and tweeted that at them. And they literally tweeted, wait, come back, like, three minutes later at us. So we, we saw that and just booked it back over there. And their PR, Emma Buxton, actually just grabbed us and pulled us into the garage, literally, like, pulling on my arm to the back of the garage. And then she, like, ran in the back, found Scott Speed, brought him back out, and we took a bunch of pictures. And he was just like, you guys are hilarious. Like, I love the support. This is great. Like, I love <laughs> your sparkly Eagle. Oh, man, all the sparkly eagles. It was, it was the best. Like, it was just, oh, I can't get over it, how, how great they all were about it.
0: I really hope Long Beach next next year it'll be something I'll be awful to do as well, because it looks like just such a great time that I, 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 I really want to go one day.
1: Man, everyone should go to every Formula E race that they possibly can, because it's cheap, you know, the racing is still really good. The actual race itself was fantastic. There was some really great overtaking. You know, a whole bunch of cars crashed out. I was upset because Scott Speed crashed out on the second lap. But whatever, <laughs> uh, all your edits and second lap. Seriously, what the hell, man? Um, but like I don't know, Jean-Eric Vern came in second. and We haven't seen him on a podium in years and years and years. And you know, it's it's all these guys that either used to be in Formula One or got close to Formula One that we all still really enjoy watching. And um, you know, I it's it's great, it's great, and it's accessible, it, and it's it's, it's a kind great
0: of a track. little bit of a. It's kind of a little bit of a like, you know, best of the rest kind of scenario.
1: Yeah. Which I mean, being hockey fans, we we will watch the AHL or We'll watch pretty much anything. Yeah, I mean, it's getting to that point with motorsports for me too. I mean, I'm not going to watch NASCAR. Sorry, NASCAR fans, but like pretty much any open Look, wheel I tried. race tried? Me too. Circles, man. I yeah. can't watch all circles. Yeah, that's the thing
0: I can't get past. Australia has V eight Supercars, which is essentially like a Nascar style car on Formula One style tracks. Oh, that's which cool. I quite like. Like that's pretty neat. And and it's actually quite funny because I was looking at um instead going this into Formula One, I was looking at old Formula One highlights the other day and there were some Mark Weber highlights racing at Lakeside, which is what Albert Park I think is. And this was like before I'm not sure if this was before Elbow Park or or whatever. It just said Lakeside, so I assumed that's where it was. And it was like Mark Webber racing like Jason Bright and Jason Barguana and and all these guys who are now V8 supercar drivers. And it gave me a good laugh because I was like, it's funny to see how divergent paths in, in racing and that become.
1: Yeah, but no, I mean... Yeah. Again, I can't say this enough times. Like, go to Formula E, everyone. You will have a blast. It's great. You look very, very stoked about it. That may be the sleep deprivation,
0: though.
1: Oh man, no. I. I. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe a little bit. But you know what? Like, I don't know. <laughs> we did all the racing stuff, and then I went to the beach. It was- it was weird. It. <laughs> it was like uh, I saw some cars, and then I went to the base. Oh, yeah. Thank One yeah. thing about it, the the cars and just the setup of the race was so weird. So it's only like a forty five minute race, right? And the track is pretty small. It's smaller than the Indy car track at Long Beach. They only use part of it. Um, and you know, the cars are so quiet that if you're, we got to stand in the pit box, and the car is going down the street. You know how when your car goes, like, on a highway and you hit the bumps and it's, like, yeah. uh, rhythmic, like, ba-bump, bump bump We could hear that. The cars were actually, like, quiet enough that you could hear them going over the bumps. Wow. Um, you could hear every downshift. Uh, I,
0: th- I think that was one of the things, you know, when we when they went to the for- the quieter Formula One car last year. You started to hear more of that. Per- noises. The, the crowd, the downshifts, all the, of that.
1: All of those things. Yeah, it's neat how the quieter the engine gets, the more things you can pick out. Um, the driver changes, like where where you switch cars, was really really cool too. I mean, I don't know. I, I could go on about this forever. We have a race to talk about. Let's we do have
0: a race to talk about, and we're actually here to talk about Malaysia. Yeah. Oh, now, wow. I remember.
1: I just, the, it's been so long.
0: <laughs> I know. I to be honest, I actually made myself rewatch part of the race today because I was like, I'm not what? quite sure what happened. I mean, I know who won, and I was totally like, oh sure. I watched qualifying, and then it was like, wait a second. No one cares about hearing a recap of qualifying.
1: No. We know what happened in the race. It's fine.
0: I mean, the only thing about qualifying was that it was at 5 a.m. in the morning and that it's a horrible time for anything. It's like the dead zone. It's like 3 o'clock you can deal with for a start or 8 a.m. because you get up early, but 5 a.m. is just that impossible time where you're like, fuck this. This is not happening.
1: Like, 5 a.m. you have to go to sleep before. Like, there is no option. You have to go to bed. And usually since, well, obviously it was Friday night, like, people go out. And then you go home, and then you have to get up like four hours later? Nah.
0: Yeah, I... I gotta admit, I fell asleep at quarter past four, woke up at five, put my headphones on, and then went back to sleep.
1: Yeah. I, I... was
0: like, this is a fail.
1: When I woke up, I woke up like half, halfway through it, and it was already raining, and I was like...
0: <laughs> I yeah, you. I did that as well. I was like, oh, look, look it's this. raining. I don't know it's about Malaysia. That. Surprise. Not right. So, it rained, the qu- the quality was as we expected, McLaren were bad, Mercedes were good, Kimi Raikkonen got caught out, the Williams were neither here nor there, Sauber, uh, surprising, and suddenly it's Sunday, and we have a race, and it's at 3am in the morning, and I am attempting to watch it and the Cricket World Cup Finals at the same time.
1: Man, I marathoned two Fast and the Furious movies before this race so that I could stay awake. It was, I was real emotional by the time the race started. <laughs>
0: To be a- honest, I don't know if I've actually ever seen a oh, Fast and the Furious movie. You,
1: you have to. They're so ridiculously over the top. Like, I'm gonna take two minutes right now and like push the four, Fast and the Furious movies on you because, like, okay, Vin Diesel named his kid after Paul Walker. That's all you really need to know. Like, they've made all these movies together, and Paul Walker died, and they're all so upset about it because they were all such good friends. They, they no, they weren't friends. They were family. That is a quote from the movie. I don't have friends. I have family. I I watched I
0: the no end of. I've watched the end of whichever one is based in Brazil. Okay. But that's it.
1: Oh man, I've seen one, two, and five at this point, and I'm like trying to watch the rest of them before I see uh, the seven. seven. And it's just oh, it's a trip. They're so funny.
0: <laughs> so, the race. In Malaysia, which is what we're meant to be talking about. But we keep getting drastically... We can talk about whatever the hell we want. True, true. It is our podcast. But we do hold ourselves out to be a Formula One podcast. So we should at least try and keep up our end of the bargain.
1: Fine. Fine. I guess so.
0: So, um, it was won by, like, not a Mercedes.
1: Dude, we got to hear the German and the... Italian anthems,
0: beautifully conducted sure. by Maestro Sebastian Vettel. Right. right, I actually love that. I love watching him conduct the the, the the bits of the anthem. Someone's like, "Oh, he's stealing Michael's bit," and I was like, he's
1: "Stealing it? Ah. It's
0: more like an homage."
1: Yeah, get out of here, people.
0: And if you'd watched his first ever race win for Toro Rosso, he does the same thing in between, like grinning and crying and like. It's just great, though. I loved him. He's like sitting. He's coming to the room, and he's got like tears, and he's like overwhelmed, and you're just like, that's right. You're living out your childhood dream winning a race for Ferrari, and now you're going to go try and win them a world championship. But I was sitting there, and I was like, oh, this is great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am a Mercedes fan, let's be real. But it was cool <laughs> to see you know, it get mixed up a little bit, because it does get old, just kind of, you know, yeah. you win all the time. No big deal. My uh,
0: my, my younger brother, the avid Mercedes, not Mercedes, the avid uh, or bud, budding Formula One uh, better bet on uh Lewis Hamilton for the pole, the uh, the win in the fastest lap. I think it was like a parlay trifecta kind of thing. We had to get all three, and he paid ten dollars. And he like texts me three quarters of the way through the Met race, and he literally like. Man, if Vettel wins, like I ain't even mad, bro. Like, <laughs> like I ain't even mad. Like, I could, that's fine by
1: me. Yeah, no, that's that's. I mean, I also I did one of those like pick'em things for this for this week. Yep. Um, for the G- Badger GP League, and yeah, I I did the same thing. I picked Lewis to get all three of those things, and he got one of them. I think it's a pr-
0: I think everyone's bet is just gonna be Lewis because it's like a pretty safe bet most of the time. But we should probably talk about how. We know Vettel wins, but we should probably talk about how they got there and, and how they got there and what else happened. Well, McLaren,
1: They're slightly bad. improved. They're terrible. I think for every race, we're just going to be like, McLaren, we're bad. Button and Alonzo are like trying to put happy faces on because they're old, but
0: they do the actually got, like I've got to admit I was actually I'm actually quite impressed with the positive spin they came to be putting on things. You know, there was one of those things that was like uh, I think it was David Coulthard and and J V and he's like, well, like I mean it's getting better and you're like
1: you're a terrible liar. I remember during the like, race where Jensen Button was like, I I just overtook a car. Why are we overtaking people like? <laughs> He was like, hey,
0: "Why is everyone so close to it?" And they're like, "Nico Hulkenberg is holding everyone up."
1: Oh, but still, like, um, he shouldn't be able to keep up with those cars. Right. And
0: yeah. and the part where they have to, Fernando has to retire the car from a points place. Yeah, and they're like, "Sorry, mate." Um... You're going to have to bring her in.
1: Hey, one of the Manor cars made it onto the grid.
0: Oh, my God. I was so excited. I was
1: like,
0: I was so excited to see him. I mean, I wish both of them had, but um, Roberto Mary made the grid. Interesting interesting discussion, actually, to be had about Roberto Mary. He is ha- He is racing F1 and Formula Renault 3.5.
1: Yes, he's only on a one-race contract, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's what that's obviously what I thought. And I and I understand that logic there, but it was an interesting thing. Like he's obviously on a race by race contract, you know, and clearly Manor are, are shopping around for where they can get the most money, for for to sustain their team. But yeah, it's it's a very and he, he did raise a really great point with it. He he did say you know that. He wants to race Formula One because it's the best racing, but he wants to race Formula Renault 3.5 because he wants to be competitive. Yes, and it makes me think of the uh, Kamui Kobayashi going to Caterham and after the Ferrari testing wall, and someone being like, "Well, is this is this really racing?" And he was like, "No, yeah. no, no. Driving Caterham is not actually racing. You're in
1: Formula One, so you get to say you're in Formula One, but you're so not actually doing much."
0: Speaking of people who used to drive for Caterham, Marcus Erickson, basically, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you watch him come off the track and go wide, and the next thing you know, the car's spinning, and it's beached in, in, like, the gravel, and you're just like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like, you're literally just like, like, you were doing so well, and then you did that. Like, you were starting to redeem yourself. People thought you may not be as bad as you were. And then, boom, out of nowhere, on your own, you're in the gravel, done.
1: Yeah, that was, uh... (sighs) Basically, that's it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that you, like, besides summarizes all my feelings about Marcus Erickson. I
1: wanted you to do well, but no. But no.
0: Speaking of things that were bad... I think, you know, we, we were talking about uh, JB and, and Fernando Alonso being upbeat and, and putting a brave face on it all. I think one of my favorite parts is obviously Alonso's come in, pitted, got out of the car, yadda yada yada, yad, And there's just this moment where he, like, has grabbed the front of his, like, safety seat and just, like, torn it open. <laughs> like Superman. And you're just like, yup, that, that's, that's, that's a very unhappy...
1: Stat. You are not a happy man. Well, uh, at least, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say about him. I just, I feel kind of bad. But it's McLaren. I mean, it's it's the McLaren Honda partnership. They knew it wasn't going to be smooth sailing this year. It's they'll figure it out. It'll be okay.
0: Oh, you know what was else? Not as. Oh, I guess it was impressive. I mean. We saw Mar- not Marcus Ericsson, well we did see Marcus Eriksson, and we've already talked about Marcus Eriksson, and he's bidding it with absolutely zero help. We saw Pastor Leonardo clip someone again, though I do believe through no fault of his own.
1: It was not his fault, someone hit him from behind. Look, was, that like, being said, this is a guy I that, that, that had, had nine. almost did not crash this time, it's fine.
0: That being said, it's like, nothing happened and that was his fault. But, you know, he did crash 12 or 11 times last year. So really, you know, like, the benefit of the doubt is not something you get.
1: I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because he was nice to me one time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be nice to him because he was nice to me. That's how it works.
1: It's fine. Anyways, moving on. Let's talk about Toro Rosso. They were really good.
0: Oh, uh, look! Each week, I each week. Or not week. Each race, I like Toro Rosso more and more mm-hmm. and more. And we saw Max Verstappen get points. So Max Verstappen finished with six points, which means he's only eleven points behind his father's career
1: total. Which is great. He's also does this makes him the youngest ever point scorer, I believe.
0: Uh, yes, he takes um, Sebastian Vettel's uh, title there, So, and I believe Vettel was also the youngest ever race starter at that point as well, so Sorry. he's also taken that one. His next ones are, that are up for guys are pole, race winner, world champion, and that's that's the three remaining youngest ones that Vettel, probably be Vettel
1: has. A... Yep, yep. Um, I also like seeing Carlos Sainz. Every time he tweets about Alonso being his hero, I'm like, that must be really weird for Alonso to be racing with someone that he took a picture with when that child was like five.
0: I actually have a good laugh because if you look at a lot of the photos from the weekend, there's like Fernando and like Carlos Sainz in the background, or Fernando talking to Carlos Sainz, or Carlos Sainz watching Fernando talk, and you're just like, oh, you've got a puppy now, do you? Party. So you, you 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 you're taking after Mark Webber and inheriting young <laughs> young semi-stalkerish uh, drivers. Countrymen. Semi-country. Oh, I guess you can call Australia or New Zealand
1: countrymen. Oh that I, well, yeah. yeah, that's true and that's true.
0: I said like, technically not, but we'll take
1: it. <laughs> you <know what> I <laughs> did the same thing, right? Wait, everyone's yeah. gonna kill me now, right? <laughs>
0: Look, they're not basically the you same. Thing, but to be that. honest,
1: you, you know, have heritage from both.
0: But you don't need a visa to, if you're a, a New Zealander. You don't need a visa to move to Australia, so they may as well be the same thing.
1: I'm I'm operating under the assumption that, uh like in especially in sports, New Zealand and Australia are kind of like America and Canada, right? Where it's completely,
0: like completely, absolutely, completely. It is exactly so what it is like. It means something, but it means even more because it's Amer- it's Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, of course. We have all these kind of tournaments that are just Australia versus New Zealand. But was, I was thinking about Max Verstappen. Something I did see that I didn't realise that, that may gave gave me pause <laughs> earlier this this week was that Max Verstappen's father got his first Formula One ride by taking over from Kevin Magnussen's father.
1: That... We- that's kind
0: of weird. Kevin Magnussen's father was driving for, oh, I, I, I'm not sure, Um, and he got relieved of his ride, I believe, mid the ni- 1994 season and was replaced with Jos Verstappen. Mm-hmm. And just listening to that and thinking, you know, yeah, 22 years from now, your kids will be essentially Formula One drivers you know, competing yeah. against well, each other. I mean yeah. we know that we know that Kevin isn't racing at the moment, but it's still kind of like oh, the racing world goes round and round. Yes.
1: Well it's weird. I mean I was watching uh Fernando Alonso's first win um and Jasper Steppen was driving men, so he's driven. Yeah, that was and the thing I
0: saw that and I think it's like Alonso is is there, um Raikkonen is there and
1: Weber was there too, I believe. I
0: think yeah, I think Webber's yes. in the race, but there's I think there's one more person. I think there was three of the current drivers. Oh, Jensen Button was racing there too. And you like there's three dudes who are still racing on the grid, who raced against Max Verstappen's father.
1: Yep, that must be real weird for them. Yeah, they're like <laughs> I, I, feel, I, mean, I, I feel really old. So getting back to you know actually how the race progressed, um, how the race was won. Yes, exactly. So, uh, also, you should go on, and we'll link to this on the post for for this podcast. Um, Ferrari put out this really cool race graphic. It's like an interactive infographic of kind of the progression of the race and where everyone pitted, and it's got really cool sound effects, and uh, you should all check it out. Do you just love it for the sound effects? I love it for the sound effects and the, like, you know... The data
0: representation. Yeah,
1: I work with data for a job. That's my work. And uh, I love seeing how people kind of... Can spin stuff into in, in presented in different ways than everyone else is. Mm-hmm. So this was really cool for me. But um, yeah, taking the
0: infographic to a whole new level.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's neat. Um, so we'll link that in our post. But um, it really you know brought to light how Mercedes really did screw up their tire strategy. Yep. yep. You know, Kyle clearly picked the right one. It worked out fine. Yeah, I mean it's been a little while and a lot has gone on since I actually saw the race and, like, what exactly they did, but, I mean, you heard Lewis and Nico both complaining about their tires towards the end of the race. Like, clearly something was not right. Vettel just went and did the thing, and, uh, it worked out perfectly for them. So, yeah, I'm really interested to see how, in China, how they will fix that. Um, I... Yeah, I don't know. It, it, that's that's how it happened.
0: It's one of those races that you see and you wonder, and and obviously this can be said for absolutely just about any race or where it comes into play. You know, the safety car really kind oh, yeah, of opened right. up this opportunity, and, and 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 if there hadn't been a safety car, he probably wouldn't have the speed to get caught up to him to get the overtake and and so forth. You know, and and so it's it's kind of like the safety car really. You know it comes into play with the tactic as well as the tire selection and so forth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The other thing that i um the other thing that I think I took from the race was it was a really poor race by Nico Rosberg. For if, if someone who came third, it was, seems like an exceptionally poor race, and I think the thing I also took out of it is coming over the radio Rosberg sounds I guess for lack of a better term, and I believe the, this the BBC guys said this too. He seems rattled, you know he 's constantly asking questions about where the other drivers are and what 's happening and all of this, and it 's very much like his head is not necessarily in his game mm-hmm. it 's in kind of what what everyone else 's game is.
1: Yeah, we saw that in qualifying actually. He um he was asking where the first driver was or like what line the first driver had taken and he, he was obviously referring to to Hamilton. But, you know, and his, his engineer yelled back, oh, we can't tell you, like, stuff like that. We can't, that's part of the rules now, or whatever. Yeah. Um. But no, you're right. That's enough. He does ask a lot of questions that you're like, boy, that's pretty close to the line. Or like, why are you phrasing that like that? You are asking for trouble, buddy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think that we will see any different of him in China, but I hope we do. Cause it's more fun when they're racing each other and he's not just sitting behind Lewis the whole time.
0: Yeah, it's it's <laughs> not. He, we're only two races in, but none, not any point so far have I thought he could challenge Lewis. No, and that's a, and the more I find the questioning he's doing and, and how he's going about things, I feel like he's like Lewis has come out so far this season, even in losing to Patel in the second race and kind of like asserted his position as the world champion, as the leader, you know, like and and Nico hasn't. And as well it's as as well and good as it is that he's like trying to express the fact that he has a life away from the track. You're also a bit like, you know i there was an interview where he said he got over losing the world championship in a day, and I'm like, "How, I'm, how though like I'm well the, and good you the playoffs,
1: me. I don't even play, and I cry about it for like two weeks, come on." Exactly. I'm like,
0: I'm all well and good for you having a balance and I'm well and you for not thinking the world starts and ends with Formula One. But it's your job But a day, like like you look like that being said, he looked like he was over it that night if you'd seen the if you've seen the shirtless drunk dancing Nico Rosberg photos. There's some <laughs> stella stellar photos. I was like, man
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, so the point is We want to see better racing. I'm glad that Ferrari are getting themselves in the mix, but I want to see you know I want more. I always
0: you always want more. You'd rather have three or four teams competing at the top, or you'd rather have you know um, Mercedes, McLaren, Ferrari, um, Williams battling it out. You know Force India, Sauber battling out like like and. Dude, I totally forgot Red Bull. I was like, I feel like I don't have but enough. they keys. haven't
1: done well, so they can just sit at the back of the pack with yeah. it. Yeah.
0: At the moment, look, really, you've probably got Mercedes, Williams, Ferrari, Red Bull. You've got, um, you know, Toro Rosso, Force India, Sava, And then you've got Mana McLaren. And, and next year, we'll have Haas F1, too. Haas F1 next year. Yes.
1: Yes. No, but, I mean, not to not to keep, you know, I literally just got home from my trip, so I'm going to relate everything to Formula E right now. But in that race, there were, like, a whole mess of lead changes, and, you know, obviously, Nelson Piquet Jr. kind of ran away with it at the end, but, like, there are always a bunch of teams battling for those top couple spots, and it's awesome to see, and... It's making me a little resentful of Formula One for just being so boring.
0: I think that's the funny thing. Like, we want to say, oh, we prefer it when there's not one dominant force. But if you think about it, before Mercedes, there was Red Bull. Oh, well, yeah. Before Red Bull, there was, what, Renault, McLaren 1, 1.
1: So, I don't know. That's just my opinion.
0: No, I I completely agree with you. I would love to see more, like, a closer race at the top of the field. You know, like, that's right. Yeah, you know, when when, uh, Lewis Hamilton wins in Brazil because someone spins off and he wins by one point from Felipe Massa. Mm -hmm. You know, like, we want that. Oh, my God, you know. Or when it was coming down to the 2000 in, what, 9 championship, Vettel's first championship, where it's like, sorry, 2010, Vettel's first championship, we're going into like the last weekend, like three or four, last two weekends, three or four people could have won the, you know, won the world championship, like that's, like that was great.
1: that's fantastic, and that's, that's kind of what I would, I don't know, I'd like to go back to that at some point, I hope it happens next year, I don't think it'll happen this year.
0: I love that we talk with such nostalgia about these old races that <laughs> we've, we've only ever watched, a
1: year and a half or
0: whatever. we probably I... ever watched several years after the fact.
1: I know. I have. Listen, I have every season since 1978 on a hard drive, and I have watched a good chunk of it. So. Wow, I have. I didn't download all of them, but that's oh, amazing. Which it's illegal. Don't download things, kids. Don't do
0: it. <laughs> I have not acquired the entire collection. Yes. Okay. So that was Malaysia.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep.
0: Other interesting things to come out of Malaysia, and by interesting we mean someone's been giving Bernie the crack
1: pipe again. <laughs> no, that's true. He's starting to talk about this all-female racing series, and you know, and there has been
0: exactly one person to publicly come out
1: and support it, oh, uh, and it's Miss Carmen Jordan. Killing me, Carmen, I'm trying to pull for you and you're ruining everything. I'm like, Carmen, like which one is support
0: you? The thing that also actually made me laugh is I saw someone compile a list of proposed female races if they were to have a Formula One series, and I was like, Carmen Jordan's name is not even on this
1: list. (laughs) Right, exactly. Like, why are you supporting this thing? You're not even gonna be
0: in it. I love that Susie Susie Wolf is basically like, Yeah, nah. Like, not happening, bro. Like don't need it.
1: Yeah, I'm really happy that she's been so outspoken about how dumb this is. Yeah, and
0: I mean, and she's been outspoken in the face of having Adrian Sutil hide as a test driver for her team or a reserve driver for her team. So if something happens, he gets put in. Stupid. Um, But, like, she raises a really good point. You know, Formula One, and we've talked about this before, Formula One is one of the few sports that there is very, very little... Differentiation between male and female, um, physically. Like, I mean, you look at some of like the GP. 2 You look at Mitch Evans, the GP two driver. You look at Felipe Massa. There is small guys there who are almost smaller than, I, I guess, many of the you know female contenders could be. So it's one of those race things where she does say, you know, you put the the, the face shield down and you're just a racer. There's no gender. There's nothing there. And I think the idea of, I mean. I think it's great that he thinks there needs to be more, you know, more women need to be involved with in the sport of F1. But I think the way and do that I said this is before not
1: to, is not to set them apart from the guys, you know. Like, yeah, it's what is to develop them, is to, you know, bring people in, make it a safer and not safer, make it a more welcoming environment for, for women.
0: Yeah. And I, I think the thing is, you know, it's like funding a a competition that's purely female is not the answer. Providing greater opportunities for female races to develop and then actually be able to compete is where it is, you know? Like Finding resources, finding money, finding things to back them is a far, far better idea than funding the differentiation of them.
1: Right, exactly. I mean, you're right. Motorsports isn't like other sports where you know, um, it's it's going to be more difficult for for women to play in the same game as as men. You know,
0: yeah, yeah. Motorsports <laughs> is one of the few sports where the physical, the differentiation caused by the di- the differences in the
1: physiology isn't a factor. Right, exactly. So I, I don't know. Well, I hope it doesn't happen. I, I hope that you know they keep developing people and, and yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know. It, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep writing about people on our website. Go check it out. I'll have another edition tomorrow.
0: Yep, Sarah has been producing, or is producing a great series for uh, thegoodgirls.com dot about badass women in motor racing. Um, and so who did we have last
1: week? Last week it was Helen Nietzsche. I think that's how you pronounce it. I, I yeah. French. I, I butcher everything French, so please forgive me. Um, yeah, she was this awesome woman who drove before World War II, two, two, um, and the reason her story caught my eye was because uh, I used to, I went to volunteer at my friend's dad's car show in Connecticut, and the car that I kept, like, circling back to, like, Ogle was the Bugatti. And, you know, she drove her Bugatti in, in the, um in the 30s and you know her story is really cool so yeah I'm not going to spoil it too much go check it out.
0: So, so this, this female Formula One idea is probably one of those things that will never eventuate like a lot of uh, Bernie's ideas but one great idea that we've seen eventuate is that the FIA World Endurance Championship has done the women of the motorsports world a solid and got rid of good girls.
1: Not us grid girls, but like... Not us
0: grid girls. We're we're reclaiming (laughs) the grid girls term.
1: When they're gone, we will be the grid girls.
0: We are are what people are going to think of when they think of grid girls now. Instead of thinking of girls with beautiful hair and heels and long legs and short dresses, they'll think of two short, hockey-loving, motorsports-loving little weirdos... And be like, mm, maybe mm. we'll get the other ones
1: back. Hey, <laughs> no, that's not true. No, there were there were good girls in uh in Formula E, and it made me a little angry. But whatever. Yeah, World Endurance Championship has gone has done away with them, which is fantastic.
0: High five to the FIA web. But
1: yeah, no. So uh, that's that's great. So last week, Sarah, it's April was April. Let's, 4th. let's, let's yes, I was just gonna say let's preclude this by saying that today is April fifth
0: first there was some stellar April Fool's jokes. The motorsports world, some hilarious and not at all April Foolsy, like Kevin Magnuson's working out with the Photoshop of his head on some buff dude's body. Pretty and sure it was a good short <laughs> It was a pretty good Photoshop, and I thought it was hysterical for not only the photo, but how into the photo uh, Jensen Button appeared to be.
1: And also how many people fell for it. Like, how are you that from? Um...
0: There is a shade difference between his... Like, I was like, those aren't even his tattoos. No. Well, not like, even He that. also
1: has a chest piece. It's, the shade of his face does not match yeah. the shade of the tan on the body. Like Brown and
0: white. Yeah. They're, they're totally different colors. Um, Now, uh, the other one was, I think, uh Anton F- uh, and Felix da Costa. Mm-hmm. Who, who pretended that he had a, uh, an injury, the injury yes. oh and God, was in hospital. Was so I was like, that's not even funny. That's actually really worrying. That's
1: not funny because I'm going to go watch you race in like four days. Um,
0: what was the other ones that I saw? A couple, of the, a couple of the motorsports websites put some good ones together. The two that got or the one that got me, one got me and one I thought got me, but turns out it was actually real. <laughs> turns out. there there apparently is going to be a Qatari GP at some point. Yes. Uh, I think I thought that was an April Fool's joke.
1: Oh, you know what one was? They said that there was going to be a Formula E race in Paris, and my friend Liz fell for it because she's going to be in Paris the week where they were saying it's going to happen. There isn't one. It's it's completely made up. (laughs) It looked all official and stuff, and she got so upset, and I felt terrible, but... Oh, God. I...
0: Yeah, look, I fell for a different one. see, my problem was all of the Australian um, ones were occurring on the 31st here. So I didn't think that they were fake because it was already the 1st of April there. I wasn't used to that fact yet, so I fell for them. But one of the ones I fell for was someone announcing that Kimi Reichner was leaving Formula 1 after 2015. And, and was going back to, to World Rally or something. I was so excited. And I was like, yes, there was going to be no other good free agent like, like this. This is Nico Holkenberg's chance. Kimi Raikkonen is going to leave. And there's no one better than him for this spot. And Holkenberg's going to get it. And then it was like.
1: Then it was, oh, April Fool's.
0: Damn it! April Fool's. <laughs> and I was like, fuck you guys. I mean, this is not funny. This is the worst like, day on the planet. Kimmy, this is like an April Fool's joke. Is meant to be unbelievable. Kimmy leaving for like endurance, not endurance rally at the end of the year is completely believable. Right. Like screw you guys. Like I hate you all. <laughs> and I had like had this whole thing to my friend, and then I had to go and tell her that it was actually an April Fool's joke that I had fallen for, and she
1: was just like, "You're a dumbass." <laughs> Aww. Like, oh. My, my bad. <laughs> yeah that that the Qatari Grand Prix being an actual thing is just like. <sighs>
0: What? Look, we've seen how we've seen how well the soccer world cup is working in oh Qatar. Yes. You know definitely. like let's just give them another sporting event for them to be horribly homophobic and sexist and potentially racist about I
1: mean human rights abuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Let's just to side note to wrap, no. us up it, to wrap us up on something slightly less depressing, but also also from the Middle East. GP two testing has been happening in Bahrain and GP3, I think the last round of GP3 testing is coming up, and then boom, we are on, not this coming weekend, but I believe the weekend after that, it is the Bahraini GP and the first rounds of the uh, of feeder series, and it's all rocket ships are go.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we actually have people to cheer for in GPT, 2 don't we?
0: We do. I have, I'm all hashtag Team Mitch Evans.
1: Yeah, I am uh, 112% Alex Rossi. Go Hashtag America. Hashtag USA, USA, USA. Hashtag Sparkly <laughs> Eagles. Yes, there will be Sparkly Eagle gifts. Do not worry. Thundercats <laughs> are go.
0: I don't think anyone has ever been worried about the presence of Sparkly Eagle gifts. If they know you, at will
1: you know what someone actually said to me today, and this is slightly off topic, but they were like, how have you not been to a USA soccer game with the amount of like flags and dumb things that you make for races? How have you not done this? And I was like, you know, I don't really know. I'm not, I mean... We,
0: we, need, to, we need to do that. If there is a decent USA versus someone women's soccer game before the World Cup, let's go.
1: That would be awesome. There was a USA versus Mexico game, like relatively close to where I live, a couple years ago, and I just oh my god,
0: that would have been insane. Mexican fans are the nuts. (laughs) Yep. Well, to uh to wrap up this to wrap up this slightly shattered sounding podcast, it
1: is kind of sound disastrous. It's like butts o'clock in the morning, and I literally just stepped off a plane. So you
0: stepped off a plane. I spent twelve hours at work today. So, both of us are a bit shattered, <laughs> but the good news, there was a race this weekend, we are in China. Hello. That's,
1: so, oh my god, it's another race at stupid o'clock in the morning. No. slightly less stupid o'clock, but
0: still stupid o'clock. But we are racing in China this weekend, and we will be back at you next week uh, with a with another show, because we've got a back-to-back this coming week, so we'll get one done and push out for you guys shortly. But once again, uh, as always, thank you very much for listening. You can follow us on t- Twitter. Yes, you can the follow the us Girls. on Twitter at The Grid Girls. Um, you can find us on the internet at thegridgirls.com. Uh, you can also find us on Other Half Sports, who are now syndicating, I guess is the word, our podcast. Mm-hmm. So you can check us out there. It's a good time. Yeah, so for for... Another episode of The Grid Girls. I'm Sasky. I'm Sarah. And we're going the hell to
1: bed. Good night.